Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, how's it going, NBA fans? This is Kevin Haswell alongside Blake Pace for another episode of Courtside Take. We got. You know, some interesting playoffs to talk about today. Some teams coming back and others finishing off some sweeps. Uh, Blake, how you doing? Uh, exhausted. Yeah, me and Kevin are, are just sipping our coffees right now, getting a little uh, excited for finishing off the semester. But yeah, a lot of a lot of great playoff matchups, a lot of teams uh, evening things up, um, some teams with some stars kind of struggling. So yeah, it's it's... It's definitely one of the more interesting opening rounds of the playoffs in the past few years that I can remember. I mean, when you have the Cavs tied in a two to two series, um, the, in the Rockets, first round, yeah, in the first round, exactly. And then the you know the Rockets lost recently, the Warriors lost recently. It's it's more interesting than just a, we know Golden State and Cleveland are going to meet up. There's just so many interesting uh, matchups that are going on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Blake said it perfectly. I mean, we're both uh, running on empty today, so excuse if the pod's a little off, but. <laughs> Um, I'm excited to jump in. I mean, uh, we got the Sixers playing tonight, so I'm excited about that. They're up 3-1 the series. I'm sure we'll – actually, that's the first game we're going to touch on because that was the first game on Saturday. Um, so the Sixers did take a 3-1 lead with a 106-102 uh, win over the Heat. Um, you know, now they'll head back to Phil, uh, head back to Philadelphia for game five, and we'll see. Do you, do you think this series is over? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's over. I think just especially um, with Embiid back now – Getting that win kind of secures things up, in my opinion. Um, you know, Miami, it's just more of the same. I mean, if you can only have Hassan Whiteside. I mean, he's played more minutes recently. He played uh, 26 um, in their game on Saturday. But you've gotten, um, let's count up, nine, 22 points out of Hassan Whiteside in three games. And aside from his 13 rebounds on Saturday, he had seven before that. Um, so, I, you know, I don't have much faith in Hassan Whiteside or this Heat team to be able to make this series interesting. Um, I mean, of course, Dwayne Wade uh, the past few games has, you know, lit the Sixers up, so maybe if he can pull out some magic. I know in their one win over the series, he had 28 points. In that close loss on Saturday, he put in 25. Um, He's doing what he can to keep this team afloat, but I just don't see it being able to continue on much longer. Yeah, you know, when Dwayne Wade's your go-to scorer at his age, I mean, that's really got to say something. I mean, I think they need more out of Goran Dragic. I mean, he shot nine for 19. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, nine for 19, one for four from oh, – one from three for three, one for four from the line. I mean, he could have done more out there. Um, you know, it's Hassan Whiteside has been an absolute disappointment in this series. I mean, we talked about it before the series started. I mean, he's really, you know, what can neutralize Joel Embiid on the other side. But the effort hasn't been there. You know, he played 12 minutes in game one. Um, there's been questions with his effort. I know we talked about this earlier in the off se- or earlier in the season. Uh, this is why we, you know, really couldn't pick the Heat. I know we had a discussion with uh, James Ferris, who said ridiculous things about the Miami Heat and how they can make a run in the playoffs. And I was oh, telling yeah. him <laughs> that Hassan Whiteside is just doesn't play hard. And when your best player doesn't play hard, you're not going to win a playoff series. And you're seeing that now. Um, and you're also, I mean, on the other side, you're just seeing the depth that the the Sixers have. I mean, you get 24 points from JJ Redick on. Uh, you know, eight of eighteen shooting, seventeen a triple double out of Ben Simmons, seventeen points, 
13 rebounds, 10 assists. Joel Embiid, not a great game, 2 for 11 from the field, but 14 points and 12 rebounds. Dario Sarge was solid. Um, Robert Covington, all their starters started are scored in double figures. And then Ersan Ilyasova was solid off the bench. So, you know, you're really seeing the depth come alive, and that's why they're up 3-1 three, three in this series. Um, and I think, you know, just the Heat have been disappointing as a team. Yeah, definitely, especially when you have Eric Spolstra as your head coach. You expect more out of, you know, your rotation when you have one of the better coaches in the NBA. Um, it was surprising to see Philadelphia still be able to have success while shooting 22.6% from three on Saturday. I know it wasn't the prettiest win, but a win by four over the Heat. Um, definitely have to kind of get back into, um, you know, some better shooting numbers from the three. I know that's, you know, one game and enigma, but um, when you go seven of 31 from beyond the arc, you shouldn't win your games, um, especially when Miami hit 37% of their threes. But same amount of threes, though. Same amount of threes. You're correct. Yep. And they shot about the same field goal percentage. Yeah. So. I, but I they need Yeah, they need to make more. Yeah, I think going forward, if they if I mean this, I don't think that if they you know shoot this number again, Miami's gonna you know make a miraculous comeback, and the 76ers are the latest to blow a three-one series lead. I just think going forward, if you're gonna be matched up with some of these better teams in the Eastern Conference, you're gonna need more consistency from beyond the arc, and they have guys that can do that. I mean, they were lights out early on in the series. Um, you know, Bellinelli, Redick, uh, Saric, and Ilyasova, they were all lights out from three. Um, I just think that, you know, maintaining that form, finding that back before the next series will go, uh, will be big for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, you know, going back to your point, if you're going to shoot 31 threes, you got to make, mm-hmm. you got to make at least 10. Yeah. I mean, you got to shoot at least 33% from three. But, you know, I, I think the Sixers have got this series in the bag, you know, mm-hmm. knock on wood. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think they're moving on and, uh, we'll move on as well. Uh, we got the Pelicans closing out the Portland Trailblazers, uh, sweeping them with a 131-123 win um, on Saturday. You know, big games um, from Anthony Davis and uh, Drew Holiday. I don't know why I was blanking there. Um, but Drew Holiday had uh, 41 points and 8 assists, and Anthony Davis had 47 points um, and 11 rebounds. So, you know, I, I was watching ESPN this morning, and they, you know, were talking about how the Pelicans swept the Trailblazers, which was, you know, pretty impressive considering the way the Trailblazers played down the stretch, uh, really getting that three seed. Um, do you think this Pelicans team has a shot to beat the Warriors or no? I mean, it's there's a few things that come into that, and first off is is the health of Steph Curry. Um, Steve Kerr came out um, recently and said he has no timetable of return for Steph. Which can be a little concerning because, I mean, you know, you expect them to win their next game and move on to the next series against New Orleans. I'm not sure necessarily when Steph is going to return. The team does not look great. I mean, they've, they've done their job handling San Antonio to the best of their abilities, but they do not look the same without Steph Curry at point. So that's the biggest thing I look at. Um, the second thing is who is guarding Anthony Davis. Um, I think that plays into it, you know, a, a huge, huge part. Because if Draymond Green, I mean, he's a, he's too undersized in my opinion for Anthony Davis. He's an aggressive guy, can you know rough you up in the post. But Anthony Davis is too big for him. Um, you're really gonna need Javale McGee, but then you know Anthony Davis can also take it out to the three, and he can you know put the ball on the floor and you know drive past you. So I worry about Javale McGee's quickness and his ability to keep up with Anthony Davis. Um, and then it's just you know the, the health of the rest of the team. Kevin Durant's a little banged up. Um, Clay Thompson is still a little banged up. I'm worried about the Warriors right now, especially if they don't get Steph Curry back. And I think it'll be an interesting series because you look at, besides Anthony Davis, Rajon Rondo, you know, only 11 three points per game, but seven and a half rebounds, 
over 13 assists per game. Playoff Rondo is amazing. Um, and then what you've gotten from Drew Holiday out of this postseason, averaging 28 a game, uh, six and a half assists, shooting 57% from the field, 35% from three. They've really, they've been solid. Um, this team has looked way more impressive than I thought they would. I thought this game was going to go a little bit further down the line towards a six game or seven game series. Um, but they did their business handling uh, Portland. And, you know, I think it'll be an interesting series um, when Golden State advances because there are so many um, factors working against Golden State right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can see it. Rajon Rondo, uh, you know, the way he's playing. He had 16 assists in that game four. Um, you know, the way he's playing is allowing Drew Holiday uh, to become more of a scorer. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't have to distribute the ball as much. I mean, he shot 23 shots and made 15 of them. That was pretty good. Nine for 12 from the line. Um, you know, Rondo, I mean, we people were ready to write him off as a good NBA player. Um, and he's really proving in the playoffs that, you know, he can still contribute at a high level playing 35 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, what, what do you think went wrong for the Trailblazers in this series? I mean, it, it seemed like it had to be just the duo of Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Yeah, I mean, uh, and specifically in Game 4, Damian Lillard, um, C.J. McCollum did the best that he could in those 45 minutes. 38 points, shot 68% from the field and 66% um, from three. He did his best. Damian Lillard, you know, just had a, a pretty bad series all, all around. Um, you know, only 18 points a game. Under five assists, uh, shot 30% from three, 35% from the field. Um, I think I saw that the Trailblazers are 0-9 in their last play nine playoff games. Um, so two sweeps recently, and then the game before that, uh, two years or three years back. Um, so, you know, there, there's rumors Terry Stott's on the hot seat now. It'll be interesting to see um, what direction that, that goes in because, you know, this is a team that had great success in the second half of the season. I mean, they were one of the hottest teams in the league after the All-Star break, but then they got into the playoffs and just completely fell apart um, and kind of returned kind of the form that we had talked about in the beginning of the year when we said that, you know, this wasn't going to work, the two of them. Um, so, yeah, Damian Lillard, you know, fell apart. And for a guy who had such a good regular season, um, I expected more on, a, on the bigger stage from him. Um, but we just didn't get it, and you know they got some they got some holes to fill. I mean, you got to decide what to do with the backcourt. You need more wing help. Um, Yusuf Nurkic had a good playoffs here, the best he could do um, going up against one of the best big men in the league. I'm still ma managing to you know average eight rebounds, twelve points, um, and over a block a game. But you know there's definitely some things this team needs to figure out, and you know if they even you know move on from Lillard or McCollum or move on from their head coach, this could this team could look completely different next season. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, people are talking about Terry Stotts um, maybe being on the hot seat considering he hasn't won a playoff game in two years now. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he did a great job of getting this team all the way up to a three seed, but, you know, losing four straight games to the Pelicans is a bit concerning. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'll move on to the third game on Saturday. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves actually shocked, um, you know, a lot of NBA fans out there with a 121-105 win over the Houston Rockets. Uh, this is a 1-8 matchup. James Harden had 29 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. And then Jimmy Butler led the way for the Timberwolves with 28 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists. Blake, what are your thoughts on you know this game and how this series is you know looking? Yeah, and it, it's not even just this game specifically. It's the games before. It's not like, besides for game from game two, um, Houston never really ran away in games one or three. And um, I mean, when you know Minnesota won game three even, 
I had my questions last week with you about Houston and how far they can go in this postseason because every guy on this roster just hasn't really shown what they can do in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. D'Antoni, James Harden, Chris Paul have all struggled immensely um, throughout their careers in the postseason. And you saw that with you know the Timberwolves, you know, getting a big win over Houston um, on Saturday. And, you know, Jeff Teague showed up. Carl Anthony Towns had a big game on the boards. Um, you'd still like to see more of him offensively, um, and I think that'll just come as he gains more experience in the postseason. I mean, he's only averaging 10 points a game, um, you know, over a block, but shooting 32% from the field and 28% from three. Definitely needs to improve if they want to make this more interesting. Um, you know, I had a big case that, you know, another team could go on and beat Houston um, in the next round, but they're also struggling, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I still expect Houston to win this series. Um, you know, maybe it goes more five or six games now, but, um, yeah, I do worry about how far they can go, and I think it just shows how open the Western Conference is when you have um, Houston as the one seed struggling a little bit. Um, the Warriors aren't healthy, and you've got some other teams right now that are doing a good job, like the, the, the Jazz and the Pelicans. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the story of this game was more of a well-rounded attack from the Timberwolves. I mean, you had 28 points from Jimmy Butler, 23 from Jeff Teague, 18 from Carl Anthony Towns, 20 from Andrew Wiggins, uh, 17 off the bench from mm-hmm. Derrick Rose in Play 21 minutes. Um, you know, you got a well-rounded attack there. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if you saw the videos of uh, Carl Anthony Towns trolling James Harden. on He missed, he missed like three airball threes. And every time he airballed, Carl Anthony Towns went like this, looking for the ball. Oh, jeez. I, I don't know <laughs> if you really, awesome. I don't know I if you really want to try to get under the skin of James Harden. I think and yeah. light him up later in the series. But um, you know, I think the I think the Timberwolves got their only win this series. I think it'll end up being a five game series. Yeah. Um, you know, James Harden had a you know didn't play that well. Nine for twenty one. Uh, only made three of eight threes, but scored twenty nine points. Um, he had four turnovers, and then you know I think they need to get more out of Chris Paul. Uh, he had 17 points, six assists, but on 11, uh, 7-11 shooting. But I think they can get him more involved in the offense. Um, you know, you looked at the starting lineup, and Trevor Ariza had six points, PJ Tucker had four, Clint Capella only had seven points. I mean, if you get Chris Paul more involved in the offense, I think they're going to be a lot more successful. I mean, he's one of the best passers in the NBA. He only had six assists um, in a win. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I'm talking down on them right now, but. Um, or no, in a loss. I mean, what am I saying? <laughs> they lost. But um, you know, I, I think this series is over regardless. Uh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns has lit a fire under James Harden, and yeah, I don't know. I, I understand what you're saying about the Rockets. You know, maybe not being able to uh, win the Western Conference. Just you know, we'll have to. I I still have to see. You know, what the Warriors look like with a healthy yeah. Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I don't know if I have enough confidence either the Jazz, Thunder, or um, Pelicans to beat either of these two teams. Um, I think they're going to end up matching up in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think the one thing that Houston needs to adjust is I, I understand the way they play. It's it's you know they're the first team in NBA history to shoot more threes than they did field goals. But I don't think that that carries over into playoff basketball that well. And um, they you know they took forty one three pointers um, and only forty uh, field goals inside the arc. And they shot, um, while they did shoot 36% from three, um, you know, I feel like you have to maximize Clint Capella the most you can. Um, You know, in the opening win, um, which they had to grind out, you know, he had 24 points, 12 rebounds, 
Um, the second one, he had 16 rebounds. I think they need to make him more of a factor, and you can't do that when you're taking more threes than you are twos. I understand that's the way this team works. That's the way um, Mike D'Antoni wants them to work, but you saw it kind of fall apart just because they did go 15 of 41 from three, um, and it took away from some of their players who are primarily um, inside the paint scores. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it also takes away, I think, from James Harden and, and, and Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, you know, getting... If you watch them play, they do a lot of pick and rolls with Clint Capella. Um, and it really gets James Harden going and really has the defenders kind of have to sag off of him a little bit because on the pick and rolls, um, you know, he gets space and then he can go up um, and hit Capella with, you know, the layup or the alley or whatever. Um, and that's where Capella is really good in that offense. But if you don't really get him involved and, like, here you only get six shots out of him yeah. um, and he's one for six from the line, I mean, that's pitiful you're not going to get the same movement on offense, and it just doesn't work out. So, yeah, like you said, I think they get Clint Capella a little more involved. Definitely. Uh, we'll move on to the last game on Saturday. The Oklahoma City Thunder shockingly lost to the Utah Jazz, 115-102. Paul George, 23 points, led the way for the Thunder. But Ricky Rubio, 26 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, triple-double. Russell Westbrook said after the game he's never going to let that shit happen again. What do you think about this series? Yeah, I really am just becoming more and more critical of Russell Westbrook the longer this series goes along. I mean, shooting 36% from the field, just over 27% from three. You have Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Steven Adams. You have three guys around you, and you need to start utilizing them more than you are. I mean, yes, he is averaging 10 assists in this postseason, um, but to, you know, even in their loss um, on Saturday to shoot 29% from the field and 25% from three, um, you don't need to take 17 shots if that's the way it's going. You made five out of 17 field goals. Meanwhile, Carmelo's over there. He shot 60% on the day. Paul George, um, who shot fewer attempts than you, was uh, 44% from the field um, and 38% from three. I understand that Russell Westbrook is one of the best athletes in the game and one of the most athletic players. Um, you know, his speed is undeniable, his ability to do, you know, everything in the game, rebounding, passing, scoring. But um, he got worked in game three and he got outperformed by Ricky Rubio, who, uh, you know, 20 points in this postseason, 35% from uh, three, 40% from the field. I mean, he's eight rebounds and eight assists, he's kind of being a, a mini version of Russell Westbrook and his team is winning. Um, so I think that the Thunder have so much potential with this team and I, I even like their depth. I like Raymond Felton off the bench. I like um, Syracuse alum Jeremy Grant. Uh, I like Corey Brewer at the two. Um, I just don't think that your this team can go as can reach their maximum potential when you have Russell Westbrook dominating the ball as much as he has been. Yeah, you know, uh, minus 25 plus minus um, in 37 minutes is not good, uh, especially when the, when the guy you're guarding all game had a plus 22 uh, plus minus in 37 minutes, mm -hmm. shot 50%, uh, 6 for 7 from the line, 26 points, like I said, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Uh, you know, Ricky Rubio really exposed Russell Westbrook in his effort yeah. um, in this one, and, you know, I think he has to have that effort on both ends of the floor if he's going to shoot that much. I mean, 5 for 17, like you said, you know, not a great percentage. Um, from the field, and he had eight turnovers. Almost had a triple double. Almost had a quadruple double with turnovers. Yeah. Um, that you know that really needs to change if they want to get this offense, you know, smoothed out a little bit. I mean, you only got Carmelo Anthony <clears throat> with 14 points on you know only 10 shots, which I'm sure he wasn't happy about. Um, and then Paul George, uh, you know, didn't shoot the ball very well, seven for 16. 
um, but ended up at 23 points. And, you know, Steven Adams was the one player that played pretty well in this game, only a minus two plus minus in 26 minutes. Um, but, you know, it, this Jazz team is a lot better than I thought they would be, mm-hmm. um, you know, coming into the postseason. I mean, you look at the starting lineup, 11 points, 21 points, 18 points, 26 points, 22 points. You're getting it from everyone in that, in that lineup. Joe Ingles has been uh, terrific. A plus 25, plus minus while on the floor, 5 for 10 from 3. Uh, I really like this Jazz team, and, you know, I think they're going to win this series. Really, yeah. I still th- I still think Oklahoma City finds a way to pull it out. How many games? I think it, now it's got to go, you know, sev- 7. I think it's got to go 7 for OKC to pull it out. I just, I think that, you're right, you know, this is a much closer series um, than I was expecting. I didn't expect this young Jazz team um, I expected them to be more intimidated by the talent on OKC, and I thought just the talent from the Thunder would overwhelm the Jazz. But, I mean, what you've gotten from the young guys and Donovan Mitchell, unfazed in his first playoffs as a rookie, 26 points a game, 9 rebounds a game, um, 2 assists, almost 2 steals per game, shooting 45% from the field and uh, making a third of his threes, 90% or 91% from the free throw line. He's clutch when he needs to be. Um and he's been a little banged up. So I really love what we've seen from this rookie in his first playoff series. And there's another rookie who's doing, you know, just as well as we talked with um, Ben Simmons. You know, these two in their first, in their debut postseasons aren't being phased by some older teams um, with some, uh, you know, experienced rosters. They're kind of just saying, no, this is, you know, I'm next. This is my league and I'm ready to take over now. I don't need to wait a few years. Um, and yeah, the Jazz right now have the edge on the Thunder. I don't think they pull away with it. Um, I think that the Thunder somehow find a way just based off of pure talent, but um, it is a little concerning. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. I mean, the Thunder do have, or the Thunder don't have home court advantage, and there's actually the uh, Jazz do. Yeah. So that's um, that's even more concerning uh, for this series. But uh, we'll move on uh, to Sunday's games: uh, Celtics and Bucks. Uh, Bucks won two in a row after going down two on the series. Um, they've tied it up. Giannis with a big game with 27 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. On the other end, Jalen Brown you know, really came into his own 34 points and 8 rebounds. Um, but the Bucks sneak it out uh, thanks to a Giannis putback um, late in the game. So do you think the Bucks can beat the Celtics? And you know, what is their outlook on the playoffs? And then you can jump into the series. I think that the Bucks um, can win this series. I think they can beat the Celtics. And I think that that plays into just the the lack of depth on Boston's roster because they are so banged up and they're missing so many key players. Um, and right now, I mean, Milwaukee has a relatively healthy lineup. Um, you know, it's not the most talented team, but, you know, they've got a top five player in the league or top six to eight player in the league in Giannis. Um, they've got some other guys who are capable. Jabari Parker came alive um, uh, yesterday with uh, 16 points and seven rebounds. Um this series, I think, kind of is playing into favor of Milwaukee right now because of their health, um, because, you know, some of these Celtics guys, I mean, Jalen Brown, of course, has been unbelievable, um, shooting 46% from three, 51 from the field. Uh, Terry Rozier, as well, is doing his job at point. Um, but I just think that through us, and, you know, I'm expecting this to go six or seven games now because we're tied at two. I think just as the series goes on, Fatigue is going to kick in for Boston. I think Milwaukee ends up winning this series. It's interesting. I mean, they shot 11% better um, than than the Celtics. 
uh, in last night's game. Uh, they made the same amount of threes and less attempts. I mean, they looked very good out there. And mm-hmm. You look up and down, um, you know, Giannis with 27, Chris Middleton. That's been the combination this whole series. Those two guys, I mean, combining for 50 points in this game. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon's been solid. Uh, you know, he's starting this game, but, you know, coming off the bench, he has been solid. Uh, and Jabari Parker with a, you know, a great game, 16 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 of 10 shooting. I think they need more out of him. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can see the Celtics are, uh, you know, really missing Kyrie Irving. I mean, you see Terry Rogier out here, 10 points, uh, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. But, you know, he just doesn't have the scoring production uh, that Kyrie Irving has. I mean, he shoots 3 for 12 from the field, uh, 2 for 10 from 3. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really know what else they can do. I mean, backup point guard right now is Shane Larkin. Um, he's not really going to help you like Terry Rozier, yeah. uh, like as well as Kyrie Irving is playing. Um, you know, I really like the wing players, the way they're Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you know, combining for 55 points on uh, 20 of 40 shooting, um, which is pretty good. And then I think Al Horford needs to more, do more in the offense. I mean, he only had 13 points, uh, nine rebounds, and two blocks, uh, four for eight shooting. You know, I think they need to get more him, him more involved in the scoring. Um, you know, especially with uh, who's guarding that, who's guarding him um, on the Bucks. I mean, I don't think there's a matchup there for him. Uh, you look who who would guard Al Horford. Um, I'd guess, you know, I throw it to Zeller, um, Thon Maker, because um, Thon Maker is playing, you know, the majority of the minutes. He had 30 minutes to Zeller's 11. Um, I'd throw Thon on him, but, you know, Al Horford has a weight advantage there. Um, maybe you give it to Giannis. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. He should be having a better series. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I just want to get your prediction on this series. Like, where, where Who do you think wins? And how many games? Uh, I think it's going to go seven. I'm going to say Bucks. I think they just pull out with it just based off fatigue. This is kind of a lost year for Boston, in my opinion. I mean, you know, it's great that they were able to finish out the season as a top seed in the East um, while, you know, losing, you know, potentially your second best player um, four minutes into the season, losing Kyrie Irving for the season, um, losing Marcus Smart, your backup guard, kind of the, the, your sixth man, the guy that was getting things going for the second unit. Um, who's really having a good season as well off the bench. I mean, I just think that this will just go as a lost year for Boston, um, you know, and for, you know, to make the playoffs and to be in a tight series, I think that, you know, it's far more than what you could have expected with a roster that looks like this right now. Definitely. Tons of losses. And, you know, yeah. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Bucks and seven. I think, you know, they have all the momentum in this series now. Um, and the way Giannis is playing is really been great uh but we'll move on another shocking result yesterday uh san antonio spurs win by double digits over the warriors uh to you know after they were down 3-1 without their head coach uh you know they win uh a game four you know elimination game uh you know will marcus aldridge had a great game 22 points 10 rebounds um and then you just get contributions up and down the lineup uh manu ginobili was really good down the stretch in 25 minutes with 16 points uh, five assists, three rebounds. Uh, do you think the Spurs can steal another game, or is this is this over? I think this is over. Um, I think it was an emotional win for San Antonio in lieu of what's happened uh, surrounding you know Greg Popovich um, and the, the uh, death of his wife. Um, I think that this was you know they needed to get a win out there for their coach. Um, I, you heard Manu say after the game they're they're playing for Pop. You know, getting that win was you know a, a positive sign for the organization right now that's going through a lot of. Um, 
going through some tough times. Um, but I think it ends after that. Um, still, you know, some shaky performances from the Warriors. On the other hand, um, your guy, Draymond Green, your ninth best player in the NBA, uh, while he did, well, he is averaging 10 points, uh, 9.5 rebounds, and 8 assists per game, I think that when you are, you know, your third best player on your team, or even second best all Eight, around. 18 rebounds, 9 assists. Uh, 18 rebounds, 9 assists is great. Why are you scoring, you, why you fail to score double gi- digits twice? I just think he's that he's not a scoring player. But like he was, dead. he was, he had. I mean, shooting twenty eight percent from three, he averaged like thirty three percent from the field. He averaged eleven points a game this year. Yeah, well, exactly. I've been. That's why I've been critical about him so, all year. I don't think he's the ninth best player in the league. I mean, you have him above Clay. You have him above. So you didn't have Clay on your top twenty. Does Clay won a defensive player of the year award. Is Clay no? Well. He's one of the best two-way defensive guards in the league. Draymond Green. Draymond Green is the best defensive player in basketball. I disagree with that. Who's I, better, Rudy Gobert? Kawhi Leonard. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? I mean, I just think that, you know, I, I'm just still critical of Draymond Green. I guess you're ranking him as the ninth best player in the league when this is an offense. The, the NBA is such an offensive-driven league, and just because you can get, you know, it's it's you know you get your eight assists your nine rebounds I think that when you can only contribute nine ten points a game I don't see how that helps your team out at all especially when Kevin Durant's having to carry the workload and has to score thirty four of your team's points when you only manage to get ninety um, it was just a really bad day for Golden State and this series has kind of been shaky they're missing Steph Curry if Steph Curry is on the floor. I'm okay with Draymond putting up that stat line right there. I think it's great as the fourth best player. But you have him, you know, ranked technically, if we're looking at your rankings, as the second best player on that team when he got outscored by Sean Livingston, uh, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson shot four for 16. Let's relax. Yeah, but, uh, but Draymond Green worst, got nine He had the worst points. plus minus David on the floor. David West had one less point than him off the bat. I just think that you Clay can. Clay Thompson had the worst plus minus. You can provide minus. more scoring. Um, and Draymond Green had the second worst plus minus. Okay, then that's fair. They both played. The it was it was minutes. a bad they game. The, they both played think, the most minutes. I, mean. I just think that it's just a bad series for Draymond, and I would expect this number if Steph Curry is back and he's chiming in his twenty five points a game alongside Kevin Durant. Um, but I think he needs to step up a little on the offensive workload. No, I, I understand what you're <laughs> saying, but. He's not that type of player. I don't think he's a guy that you can go to and get 25 points from. I think at the end of the day, he's you know 10 to 15 point scorer. They'll you know fill up the stat book, get you rebounds, assists. Um, you know I have to agree that he has to turn the ball over less with five turnovers. Not too great, um, but he'll get you you know the, the counting numbers on the steals and blocks too because he's a good defender. Uh, he needs to shoot the ball a little bit better. One for six from three, four for 14 from the field. Um, but, you know, it wasn't just him. I mean, Clay Thompson shot four for 16 from the field. Yeah. Um, Andre Iguodala scored four points, did not make a field goal from the field. Um, you know, Durant was really the only player that played well. Uh, I mean, I'm looking down the list. I guess Sean Livingston played pretty well. You know, 10 points in 21 minutes on 5 of 9 shooting. But, uh, you know, they're going to need more out of players other than Durant yeah. um, in a game five if they, you know want to seal this in five games. Mm-hmm. And another thing about this game, it was just so fun to watch Manu Ginobili late in the fourth quarter hitting all those big-time shots um, at his age. You know, we're not sure. At age 40, we're not sure if he's coming back next year. To get that game, I feel like, you know, if it's his last game in San Antonio, that's the way he wanted to go out, and it was a great performance by him. 
Definitely. So we'll move on uh, to Matt Weirich's favorite team, the Washington Wizards. Uh, 106-98, win over the Raptors to tie the series. Big win. Tie the series at two over the Raptors. Uh, you know, John Wall had 14 assists on 20, and 27 points. Nine assists came in the fourth quarter. Um, he really played well down the stretch. And DeMar DeRozan had 35 points, doing it all for the Raptors in the loss. Who do you got winning this series and in how many games? I still think the Raptors pull it out, and I say it goes to six. Um, you know, with the Wizards got their two games um, at home, and, you know, they, they tied this series up. Um, but I just I – don't, I don't see – the consistency, I think it was just, you know, a hot night for Washington, a hot two games. I mean, Beal and Wall were unreal. Um, you know, Beal hitting five of seven threes. Um, he hit, I mean, if you look aside from Bradley Beal, the team only hit two three-pointers um, in that entire game, and those both came from Otto Porter. So no one else was making threes besides Beal and Otto Porter. Um, you know, 13 turnovers, they had a clean night um, turnover-wise, and well, they forced 18 turnovers from Toronto. Um, I think it was also just a, a, you know, what's going on with Valanchunas is kind of confusing me too, because he had such a great um, game two. Um, he had 19 points, 14 rebounds, and he's kind of fallen away off the boards the last two games. Um, you know, only eight rebounds in both of those games combined. Uh, in those two losses. So I think there's some stuff that has to be figured out in this rotation. Obviously, um, DeMar DeRozan can't do it all for this team. Kyle Lowry chimed in, you know, his 19 points. Um, but, you know, from their wings, um, you know, you need Ibaka to step up a little bit more on the offensive end. Um, the first, or, sorry, two games ago, or the second game of the series, um, 10 points and nine rebounds. He's only managed 10 points since then. Um, the threes and fours need to step up for... Uh, Toronto, but I think they'll be fine getting through this series. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is questionable with Valanciunas. I mean, he only had three rebounds uh, in yesterday's loss. Uh, minus five, plus minus, while Marcin Gortat, who I know we're both not a big fan of, uh, had 12 points, uh, six rebounds, and a plus 14, plus minus. Uh, not usually, not what you usually see out of Marcin Gortat, um, especially, you know, when you got big men on the other side like Serge Ibaka and Jose, or Giannis Valanciunas. I mean, uh, you know, he had a big game, and then John Wall, you know, down the stretch was amazing. I mean, yeah. nine assists in one quarter is pretty good. Uh, plus nine, plus minus. Uh, 10 for 24 shooting, seven for 10 from the line. Um, Otto Porter was good, 12 points, uh, six rebounds. And, you know, Brad Beal was good, even though he fouled out in the fourth quarter with 31 points and, you know, five rebounds. So, you know, I, I really like the way um, that the Wizards are playing right now. I don't know if it has to do more with them playing at home yeah. or – them really take advantage of the series um but it you know it is promising to see them put together back-to-back -back wins mm -hmm. who do you think pulls out of this i think it's gonna be raptors in six raptors. or seven yeah uh either of those i mean the wizards are, are a pretty good team uh, i just don't think they have the chemistry when you know stuff hits the fan to you know really pull out this series and you know the way demar DeRozan's been playing throughout the series is you know very um promising for this raptors team mm -hmm. um so we'll move on to the last game uh you know our favorite team to talk about the cleveland cavaliers uh pulling out a must win uh, 104 100 win over the pacers to tie the series at two uh lebron james 32 points 13 rebounds seven assists um the you know the best performer on the pacers is actually thaddeus young who had 12 points 16 rebounds blake the cat did the Cavs have this series in the bag and you know what are your thoughts and i also wanted you to 
to uh, talk on the Lance Stevenson antics. The Lance Stevenson antics? Yeah. I, I, I love it for the NBA. I just think it's such Did a... Did you see what happened yesterday? Um, I might have been... I was on my plane, actually. He so tackled, no, I didn't. He tackled someone. Oh, I he did for not a, see that. He went that. for a jump, wall, a jump ball and just flipped Jeff Green on the ground, and they were rolling around on the ground. And then Interesting. So, yeah, I was definitely on my flight back to uh, Virginia when that happened. Um, very interesting. I Okay, so aside from that, I love seeing Lance's energy in the playoffs, and I think he actually it reminds me of just like, you know, a louder version of what you see with Rondo in the playoffs. They just, for some reason, Lance Stevenson kind of goes a little quiet throughout the regular season, but then he's in a playoff game and he's nationally televised, and he starts performing just, you know, a little bit better. I mean, he is averaging, you know, 10 points, um, four rebounds. It's not the best, but you're seeing, you know, he's kind of the energizer bunny for this team, and he gets them going when he needs to, um, which is, you know, I think it's fun for the NBA to have a guy like that. Um, of course, if you're tackling players and rolling on the ground, that maybe is a little too excessive. But I like just seeing some of those energy guys in the league, kind of like what you saw a few years ago with Draymond. Um, of course, you know, he got a lot of crap for, you know, kicking everyone, um, a lot of dirty plays, but it's it's that energy that it brings to a team. And I think Lance has, you know, really been the catalyst for this Pacers team who has surprised me this series. Um, I think that Cleveland still has this series. If you have, If you're telling me I have to pick... I'm going with LeBron James over Victor Oladipo, or I'm going, you know, LeBron James over, you know, anyone in this league um, until we get to the finals. But um, I really have to credit this win um, to the uh, to their head coach. Um, I think that, you know, going in and being able to change your lineups, um, you know, putting Calderon, Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith, LeBron, and Kevin Love out there is a unique lineup, and I think it's. Kind of an old one, too, but it got the job done for that win. It was a close win. Um, you know, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Maybe I'm just falling asleep now. But I think that I think that Cleveland has this. Um, am I a little worried about how far they can go? Maybe. But if you're giving me the best player in the world, I, I think that they should still make it to the finals. Yeah. Um, you know, LeBron was amazing this one, of course, 12-22 to 22 shooting. Eight for nine from the line, uh, 13 rebounds, 32 points. I already mentioned all those numbers. But, you know, in 42, 46 minutes, um, that's it. that's ridiculous. You know, the game didn't even go to overtime. They played regulation. He only sat out two minutes the entire game, uh, and he really got it done with his four-point win. Uh, he did, you know, lose his temper at one point. He was walking off for a timeout, and Lance Stevenson yeah. was talking in his ear, and he shoved Lance Stevenson and they teed LeBron up, gotcha. um, which is not something you usually see at LeBron James. He's usually pretty, uh, you know, pretty down-to-earth guy. Doesn't, you know, really partake in that kind of stuff. I mean, we saw it years ago where Lance Stevenson blew in his ear, and he kind of just ignored <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't think the I don't think the Pacers can win this series simply off the fact that. You know, they got contributions from everyone in this game and they didn't win the game. I mean, Thaddeus having 12 points, uh, Bogdanovich 10, Miles Turner 17, Darren Collison 12, Victor Oladipo 17, Sabonis 19, Lance Stevenson 11. I mean, you had seven guys scoring double figures and you still couldn't pull out the win. Um, you know, it came down to Victor Oladipo and Darren Collison shooting a combined uh, 10 for 34 from the field. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think moving forward, uh, I don't think LeBron James is going to let himself lose a series to the Indiana Pacers in the first round, and that's why you mm-hmm. know I think this is you know a six a, probably a six game series for the Cavs. Yeah, this this win was just you know kind of an enigma for Victor Oladipo. Or, I mean, this loss for uh, 
it was a poor performance. I mean, you go five for 20 from the field, but, um, you know, this, if that's the worst that he performs, if it's one game out of a series where he's averaged 22 points, five rebounds, five assists, over two steals, and 42% from the field, 36% from three, this is a great playoff series for Oladipo, showing that he's the guy in Indiana. If he has one bad game, I'm not going to criticize him for it, but it did, you know, cost that team the loss. I mean, you expect if you get seven players in double figures, then one of them is kind of leading the way, and then you have a bunch of contributions. But when Oladipo is supposed to be that leading scorer and is just tied in with them, that's where they fell short. Um, but, yeah, I, I think things are bright in Indiana, just, you know, maybe wait till long. LeBron gets to the Western Conference. And yeah, definitely. I mean, eh, well... If next year, in, next year you got the Sixers. That's true. And you Celtics got the, and the Celtics. Yep. Oh, and don't forget about the Knicks. Yeah, who are uh, looking for a head coaching. I don't circle. know if anyone wants to be their head coach. Mike Budenholzer does from Atlanta. He says if they offered it to him right now, he'd accept the job on the spot. And he's already a head coach somewhere else. So don't don't come at me with that. We're gonna get a nice head coach in New York next year. We'll see. Uh, that will wrap up this week's episode of Courtside Take. Uh, Blake. Any last words? I know you want to speak about the Knicks since yeah, you don't get a chance to all these of episodes. Of course, yeah. I just ranted about the head coaching search. Uh, I love all the candidates that we've interviewed. Um, Steven Jackson. Uh, let's see. Who are Mark Jackson? Um, we're not interviewing Stan Van Gundy, which is interesting, but uh, Mike Budenholzer. We're going to Europe to interview David Blatt, which is stupid. I think David Blatt should stay out of the NBA, but uh, I, the Knicks are going to get a good head coach. We're going to trade for Kawhi Leonard. We're going to be in the NBA Finals next year. All right. I think that (laughs) wraps up our episode. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. Yep, take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.